Hello and welcome to Let's Create, Let's Talk, The Photography Show. Thanks for joining me today. We've got a big one, a long one. Steady. We've got the gentleman of landscape photography, James Bell. The Lake District's one of the Lake District's finest photographers that you'll see out there. His work is just pure, pure inspiration. I absolutely adore James' work. So head over to his website at the end of this podcast. Not now, not now, at the end of his podcast. I'll put all the links down below. Depending on what podcast player you're playing, have a look in the description and go and have a look at James's work if you're not familiar. So... Let's crack on, eh? Here we go. James Bell, thank you very much. Oh, here we go. God, yeah. <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you. This is uh, this is good. This is very good. I saw you drop a video, and I've not had a chance to watch that yet. A Leica right. Q2. Oh, yeah, that's this evening's video, yeah. Interesting. Wow. I know you mentioned it a while ago. About a Leica, but yeah, isn't that like the dark side to a Hasselblad owner? Uh, uh, I don't know. Is I know it, it doesn't I, really I matter. <laughs> I mean, I've had a long-term relationship with both camera brands. Really, I mean, yeah, I've had, yeah. um, I've had kind. Of, I think this is my third Leica Q. I've had two wow. before the ori- the original one. And then I had a Leica M4P film camera for a long time. Um, right. I had a Leica MP film camera, yeah. um, a Leica M7, a Leica MD, which is a digital camera without the screen on the back, and then a Leica M10D. And Ooh. absolutely love them. They're absolutely yeah. brilliant. But you know, I'm sort of my background really is I'm I'm a design engineer by. Um, training if you will and that's what i did for my job before i became a full-time professional landscape photographer so i think i have an appreciation for well-designed things what you connect with as a yeah um, that form and function and the way it's been designed yeah yeah and also yeah I, i value that like some people would say well it's a camera it's got a shutter button and a hole for a lens or whatever but I can appreciate the handmade nature of it, really. I mean, my Hasselblad is, um, that to me is probably the best camera ever made, I think. I've, I've just did a vlog, actually, the other week where I, I, well, I've done a few. I've done, tonight is the first one with the Leica Q2, and then I've done another one up Helm Crag, which is a comparison between the two, like, right. not the actual physical bodies, but just the images what come out of them. Yeah. And that was quite, that's quite actually interesting. You know, I think I'm the sort of guy who thinks, you know, if you've got, you need to understand your equipment, don't you? Yeah. You need to know its you limitations. Know you yeah. Need to you know need to know what you can get out of it. Exactly. So there's a little bit of that. Oh, lovely. And then, and then I did a video in Langdale, not last weekend, the weekend before where I was talking about the pros and cons of each one, having had it for a while now and used it and, yeah, it's quite interesting. The, the The thing with the the Leica Q for me is, I don't ever really want to put it on a tripod. I just want it over my shoulder, and so every everywhere I yeah. go, it's like 
I've been to the post office to post some orders this afternoon and it comes with me, you know, whereas I wouldn't take the X1D in that scenario. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it's a bit slow. It's a bit cumbersome. To, I mean, it's beautiful ergonomically. It's absolutely perfect for me. Yeah. But you know, it's a, it's, it's not designed for that application. Whereas that cue, I'm finding it liberating taking photos without a tripod. Yeah. I got a similar feeling with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fuji. Yeah. What's that? As, as a, Is it's the 100F a, or something? A 100F. 100V. S, it's quite an old one. Um, second oh, one, right, okay. 100S. Yeah, uh, but I right. got it. I got it cheap because, uh, like you're saying about the, uh, not a tripod, something kind of a, it's in your hands. You can mm. take it shops with mm. you. It's always with that stays in the van, or it's wherever yeah. I go if I'm out with kids. And yeah, yeah there's there's something really good about having. Uh, you could say. Use a phone, but I'd argue uh, with that yeah. because it's not—it's not the yeah. image; it's the taking and the feeling, the ergonomics in yeah. your hand as well. I feel it's interesting like you I'm, say this. You, yeah, I feel like what, I'm creating sorry, something. It's all right. I feel like you're creating something when you're holding that and you're moving the focus ring and the aperture ring and. It feels yeah. it feels so right. Like you're making it rather than taking it. Yeah, therefore. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, it's interesting you touch upon that subject, you know, because many years ago I had a Sony RX100 Mark III, um, and I bought that when I was in my motorbike. In, well, when I, when I went everywhere on a motorbike, it was really good to slip in a jacket pocket, you know, because it's like the size of a packet of playing cards or something. Yeah. And it was, it's a, a one-inch sensor-based camera with a good, you know, it's got a good lens on it and everything. And it, and it's a beautiful little camera, you know, it makes some good images. I've sold prints off of it. Um, and it was in the days when phones weren't quite good enough, you know, they were, they would get in there, but they weren't quite good enough. So I thought, right, I'll get that little camera yeah. and I'll just put it in my motorbike coat so that when I pull over and I want to snap something or, you know, if I go anywhere on holiday or something, I can take that and it's just a, it's you know it's not a DSLR or whatever it is, yeah. It, but it's something what just gets you those pictures of your kids or of something. It's always with you, you know. Yeah. And then I fell into the trap of thinking, oh, your phone can replace that. So I when I got a, an iPhone X a few years ago, I thought right, I'll I won't bother with a little compact camera. I'll just use my phone. And do you know what's interesting? What I found interesting anyway, and that is, how often do you actually look at your phone pictures? in terms of, you know, you might go out for the day, take a few pictures, and you'll have a skim through them, look at them, maybe put them on Instagram or whatever. And then, like, I've got over 170,000 photographs in my iPhoto library. Yeah, yeah. You know, going back to 2001. Yeah. And I have I know that because I've just subscribed to Apple's cloud thing where you can put yeah. all your pictures in the cloud and that. And I'm... I'm thinking to myself, oh, they're really valuable to me, them pictures. But then I thought, well, when was the last time I actually looked, looked at a picture at from, nine, from 2005? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, all right, the kid, it's, it's mainly the kids. I mean, I know you are a family, but so it's, you know, it's like yeah. when the kids were born or the birthdays or key events, what you'd shared experiences and things. Yeah. But I think when you physically take a photograph with a proper camera, I think you're less likely to machine gun a scene and snap it and you're more likely to spend a bit of time processing it. And yes. It, it means more to you, doesn't it? Well, it does it, with me it anyway. Does. 
It does. It, we know we've jumped straight. We've jumped straight into this. We're both like that. How are you doing? Yeah. And it's recording, but I can cut this. But how are you doing? You're eat anyway, you know, because we've kind yeah, of not, gone straight yeah. into like interview mode here. We're talking and asking questions. Well, we've got, is, yeah, there's a lot in, we've got a lot in common, I suppose, haven't we, with, uh, with our shared passion for photography. The photographic community needs to respect the creators within that community. The people who put their head above the hole and say, yeah. "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna contribute something." You know, and everybody's got an opinion, but it's the people who ask questions, put things out there, what yeah. get other people to have an opinion. You know, they're they're the without if ev- if everybody was just an observer, there'd be nothing to observe. Yeah, yeah. The community needs people like you and needs people like the YouTube guys and the Twitter guys and the Instagram guys so that there's a reason to turn that device on and yeah. feel like you're part of a community. So, you know, what I wanted from our previous chat, which I don't know if you're going to tell people we had one previously, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's, you know, I know you said, oh, come on, come on the podcast or the blog or whatever, vlog or whatever. It, you know, it's, I, it, it's a two-way thing. Yeah, people are as much interested in you as they are in well, they're more interested in you than they are in me because it's your platform, your channel, your thing. And I think, as somebody who's been doing this for twenty five years, there's some interesting questions what you can ask and you can learn and questions yeah. you can you can use. Yeah. Sometimes I worry about the why. I worry about the question that it, w- it will uh, kind of trick me or poison me the way I am I, I quite like being naive to in photography terms mm. in photography yeah. terms I quite like being um, just doing what I'm doing and not asking why I'm doing it I just do it because it's mm. instinctive and a love and a passion and uh, analyzing things or looking deeper um, as I found with graphic design it destroys yeah. it. It, it, it breaks yeah. it until eventually I fall out of love with it. So at the moment, right. it, so I've been taking pictures a long time, but at the moment I feel as if I'm in a place where I'm flowing, I'm in a flow state. My yeah, photography's yeah. improving. Yeah. Week on week, yeah. my photography's improving. And it's, it's similar to yourself. You're putting videos out now and they're improving. And my God, they're coming out at some rate. I can't keep up with you. I think the last one mm. I watched was, uh, was it Tom Hanks? I had not. I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watch, yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube yeah. when I can. And obviously you're yeah. on that list and that's why you're here. That's another point. Yeah. It's about the people I choose and the reasons I have why I choose mm. the people. And if I'm lucky... I'm blessed. You say yes, and you come on, and you spend some time talking with me. And it's as simple yeah. as that. It's that simple is having the balls to reach out and say, Mr. James Bell, do you want to come and have a chat with me? And and it's, mm. uh, it's a bit special when someone like yourself says, yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, I don't see it that way. But, I, I, well, so from from my perspective, you know, I've obviously been aware of you for a, for a long while. And I think, like I said, my earlier comment about, you know, it's it's the people who are brave enough to put themselves out there. You know, we can all sit there and form an opinion based on a personality or a look or the way somebody sounds. But the reality is you're contributing 
to a community of people who are interested in the same thing. And and if you wind back 10 years, I think 10 years is fair. There wasn't that it was, you know, and then if you wind back another 10 years before that, I mean, I got into photography before the internet, before social media, you know, and and it wasn't a community based activity. And I, I suppose back then you had to join a camera club or something. Yeah. You know, whereas, and you did it for the sheer love of, it was selfish, you know, it was, it was your desire to do that task. Whereas now you see a lot of clicks and groups and, you know, friendship circles, what have been, what Mm. have been formed out of a shared passion and a shared love for, you know, for the subject really. Yeah. And I think you've got people, you know, people need to look at that and say, why am I picking up my phone and loading Twitter? Yeah. You know, and I, I was sick of loading Twitter and seeing people yeah. arguing and fighting about it. And it's not the concept of what an NFT is. I don't even know what it is really, but it's yeah. just every time I load it, I don't want to see people fighting and arguing and like defending it. And it wasn't necessarily him. It was, but he's obviously an intelligent guy who's very vocal. And yes, it just seemed to be him, him. And people were saying, oh, I'm starting to mute words and mute people. And I just thought, no, that's not good. So I did, I did it. And then we've had a bit of backwards and forwards since. And I think that's short-sighted on my part to basically exclude the NFT crowd because it seems to be taking over Twitter because it's an exciting new way forward for a lot that, of people that, who have effectively struggled that, to make any yes, money for years. That, that's exactly how I felt about it. When I first saw this, it took me back to uni. It took me back to Salford Uni. And I was excited it was vibrant, and I thought, wow, I really like this because there was a burning sensation about it. There was this this kind of, it, it was starting to come to on fire, and I'm seeing this NFT mm. thing as a real positive thing. I think social media is has been a problem. Of course, people need to know about it, but it's, yeah. be, it's become so polarised, like all things do these days. It was quite, yeah, it's like, quite the, sad to it's see. It's tribal. It's like yes. tribal. It's like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and you're getting some well-established people. You know, yeah. Like I, I would, me and Colin Bell spoke about this. So what, he texted me a while ago and said, oh, what's your view on NFTs? And I said, I'm a casual observer for now. Uh, sorry, a curious observer. You know, I'm not judging anything. But what I, what I really don't want to get from social media is confrontation, aggression, yeah. negativity, yeah. bitching, all that sort of stuff. You know, there's enough of that when you put the bloody news on. You don't want to exactly. then see it in, in that community. So I, yeah. you know, rather than go through and, and I, I did that. And then, you know, I've, I've had a lot of debates with people for the pros and cons between it all. And I've come to the conclusion just this evening um I'm being very short-sighted and, and I'm almost judging people based on their beliefs. In, and it's not right. You know, you can't, just because it's important to someone doesn't mean I should exclude it. For, you know, if I want to be a rounded, intelligent, educated member of the landscape photography unit, yeah. then you need to, you need to listen to people's opinions and you, make your a, own mind up. And yeah. you can't just judge people. You can form an opinion, but you can't really knock somebody for, trying to support the family. I know there's this environmental thing and I know there's people going on. I don't know enough about it to really judge on that. But all I'm seeing is 
when you make a spreadsheet of how much money you need a month to look after your kids and your partner and your mortgage and your bills and stuff, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. And you can't begrudge people for saying, I want a better life and, and I want financial freedom and I want all, all that. I, mean, I, I completely agree with what on, on the superficial side of it though, what I am seeing is how lots and lots of photographers that I've supported along the way who mm. I'm, I'm no one. Um, all of a sudden now they've turned the back on all photographers and the only focus is NFT creators. And that right. is what kind of upsets me a little bit because I, not that I'm really that asked, but I do see that there are people I've supported for many years and bought the books right. and been, right. uh, you know, a verbal supporter, if not online and offline. And they've just right. gone, you're not NFT. I'm not interested. I've put some pictures out that I'm really pleased with, and I would normally get some support off of the community. But those yeah. that have gone NFT don't even bother. There's no comment. There's no like. There's no nothing. There's no private message anymore. I don't speak with them anymore. And it's like right. I find it very petty that I put one tweet out saying that I'm out, I'm not interested in NFTs until it until it changes its ways a bit and I find out more about why these men with millions yeah. of pounds are buying up art and they're, they're actually changing the way that currency functions financially by yeah. raising it and lowering it. It's, oh, all, yeah, yeah. it's all very clever what they're doing. And until that yeah. changes, I said, I'm out. And I just got message after message and, I got a lot of messages of people supporting what I'd said on Twitter. But right. since, since me and you last spoke, I just went, gone. I got rid of Twitter. I only use it on my computer now because it just it was just yeah. a, it was just something that is a noise that was stopping me looking at trees. It was a noise that was stopping me thinking yeah. about colours, what colours go together. It was it was this thing that would happen in my pocket when I'm like, I don't need that now. And I don't want to know about yeah. uh, Johnny Big NFT man who's just posted something on Skylark or whatever it's called. <laughs> I'm like, you, you're not, yeah, you, yeah. there's no conversation anymore, which I find quite sad. There used to be a conversation. There. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting that you kind of noticed that. I mean, uh, would you say well, you were a big investor in social media? Like, well, you know, specifically Twitter, because because I've had kind of a bit of an odd relationship with, I've, I've tended to side towards the Instagram kind yeah. of, you know, platform really, because it's, it seems to be a lot more visual and I'm a visual person. And, you know, that's, that's where I, my focus goes. I've kind of binned off Facebook completely. I've got like, I've got, I've had a Facebook page for over 10 years and I've got quite a few thousand, you know, six and a half thousand or something, I think followers yeah. you know and every time i put something on i get a lot of interaction but they, they changed all that and you often almost pay to show your own connection stuff don't you so i kind of yeah. forgot about that and moved away and instagram but i have lately i have been really questioning why i engage in social media like i just think you know this youtube thing's really kind of interesting yeah um it's the best platform by a million miles in my eyes, yeah. which we'll get into, I'm sure, throughout this chat. But yeah. I'm kind of... I don't know if it's because I'm getting a bit older or if it's because, <laughs> you know, you yeah. just start questioning where you spend your time, don't you, and your energy. And you do, yeah. Like, 
and and this I use the word community, and I use it loosely, I guess, because whilst there is a community, what that means is there's a group of us who are all doing a similar thing, and we're moving in the same direction. Yeah, and we're we're of a time, aren't we? You know, in twenty years we might not be doing it. In thirty, forty years we probably won't be. And there'll be another breed. There's always a younger breed of man chasing after you up a mountain with a, you know, a different camera who's got more energy than you and his fear. And I get that. You know, we all have our time, should we say? Yeah. But I guess I'm a bit unusual because it is my job, you know. And the number of people who would do anything to take a sale off of me. I mean, if you if you if you work for an insurance company during the day. And on a night, you process the images you took at the weekend and you share a few on Twitter and you get a few ego rubs with a few likes and shares. And, oh, that's nice, that's nice, yeah, that's yeah. nice. You go to work the next day with a spring in your step, don't you? Because you yeah. think, you know, you've got some validation, some proof. And then when you when you look into psychology and what all that means and things, you realise that's all bullshit, really. You know, <laughs> and it's, it's just your ego what needs it. Yeah, and is. what I will yeah. say from a professional landscape photography point of view, especially one who's maybe a bit unique like me, who just focuses on one small area, being the Lake District, every other landscape photographer who takes pictures of the Lake District, if they have the opportunity, they would take a sale off of me. You know, like I need to sell prints, frame prints, books, calendars, postcards, whatever it is, to feed my kids. Yeah, and And if Joe blogs. I mean, I hope that's not a real person because I'm not having to attack at anybody individually. Bobby Dazzler. But if, yeah, but if you're Bobby Dazzler and you've set up a Squarespace website and you've put your images on, you want Mr. and Mrs. Smith, instead of buying a big frame print off James Bell, you want to sell it to them. So you've yeah. got to be careful when you use the word community because yeah. it is a community. But it's a if, well, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. If somebody put a Twitter tweet out and said, Hashtag landscape photography. I'm in the I'm in the market for a, a one meter by two meter wide panoramic print of the Lake District to go in my newly extended lounge. Yeah. Who who can help me? Who can sell me that? It would be a proper bonfire, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you know. It? Yeah, yeah. Everybody would want that outcome because everybody invests time money energy and yeah. everybody wants a, re, a, a return on investment um you know and you can use the word communities like i i try my best to like you do to engage with other members of this community and i share their things and and being blunt about it some of these people might be termed as my competition yeah you know, and I know for a fact there are a handful of other Lake District-based photographers who will never publicly comment, share, retweet, like, or promote me in any shape or form. Yeah, because I'm because I'm a threat to them. Yeah, and, sca and sca scan competition. But that's scandalous. That's the whole point of me doing these. Like me talking to you now is the, mm. the books there. It's illuminated all the time we're talking. Because I think <laughs> I think it's uh, it's wonderful, and I think it deserves to be promoted by everyone. And I think that's key for me is I buy mm. people's stuff, not expecting others to buy mine back. 
But I think if we all did contribute in some way, it would self-support. Uh, not I, fully, I not fully, but it would. Yeah, it would self-support. You know, you know when, you know, at Christmas when they have this thing on the telly about bands of the eighties or something, and it's like Bon Jovi and somebody else who are blurring oasis. You know, yeah, when, yeah. At the time, they were rivals, but that rivalry propped up the entire. You know, it it made it a more interesting community because yeah. it was well, what are they doing, and then what are they going to do, and. Secretly, but I mean, I know they fell out of, for, for a time, but you know, if you listen to them talk now, they both respect each other immensely, yeah, and say, Well, we wouldn't have done what we did without them doing what they did because yeah. you know, there is an, an element of human psyche, I think, what thrives off competition. Yeah, I think if, if me and you were the only landscape photographers in the yeah. UK, yeah, you know, it would be a different thing, wouldn't it? You know, and well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I believe, you know, there's like, take the latest tricks as an example. I think there's something like 24 million people visit the latest tricks every year. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a decent enough sized market of people who are interested in the area, isn't it? You know, it's not, and it's just insecurity on the, on, on the people who are really protective about everything and who won't engage with others and things then you know they might not want to and they might not approve of it and they might not like what you do but it's not really you know at the end of the day you i think you want to get to the end of the journey or to a long way through it and say you know i spent time with these people of our generation and they were a good lads you know or good girls and it was a good crowd and those like i'm quite yeah, envious yeah. of you going out with all them other people you know because you've got yourself in this little kind of well not little's not the right word but you've got yourself in this group of people who are all very from what i can see everyone's very positive and supportive of one another you know like one of you puts an image on instagram or twitter and then all the rest of you sort of say look what this guy's done and stuff and and i for, for me personally i don't i don't experience that really i you know i don't bar like two or maybe two other people in the landscape photography community i don't feel like i have personal connections with anybody really well um, you'll have to come out with us next time and also let's create group um i was doing meetups before the pandemic so where you say about that group it's kind of interesting mm. because there's multiple groups of people and I, I almost feel sometimes like the Pied Piper. And I don't mean that in a big-headed way or like an yeah, no, egotistical you way. You're organising everything. I like yeah. bringing people together. Now, that group we've just talked about, that's brought together by Jen, who lives in Cockermouth. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there are a lot of Lakeland photographers who are fantastic people. But then there's the groups mm. that I've took around different places. And I think it's just... Uh, that that to me is really really it's it's essential for me to survive to to have yeah. these connections with people i can yeah. rhyme off a load of names and loads of people on the group over the years that i've got to know and who've come yeah, out with us yeah. and it's a bit like yeah. a band of merry men and women you know so yeah and that's good though because i mean that that's you know i think that's really powerful and and it's powerful on a personal level to you but it's probably very good on a on a development level as well from from yeah. you progressing and developing and growing as a photographer because 
you're sharing it. It's a shared experience and you can, you do learn off of engage. Like the key thing know, is I, there's no money involved in that. So the, yeah. the, the key to that was we all got together and we've all developed and grown. And if you like, sometimes I find it a bit hard to take because people are like, oh, if Mally says it's good. And I'm like, oh, hold on a minute. No, 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 no. I, I'm not the Messiah. I'm a naughty no. photographer. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to, no, 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 don't follow me. Don't listen to me because I don't do what people say I should do. I might do rule of yeah. thirds. I might do photography, but I don't. So I wouldn't. The closest I've well, got you, got to yeah. like your photography was when we was up Tom Heights, which was a long time ago. That video actually, you can see by the the fern and fauna when we filmed that. Yeah, you flew yeah. the drone over our head, and that's right. And it and it wasn't because I was copying off you, but what's I, what's crazy? I, and and they're not even. I, I, there's a couple of in, images I'd be proud to set the similar to yours. Right. Yeah. If I'm honest, but they weren't done in a way where I, I was thinking about you and the edit and the style of the image. Mm. They were done. Yeah. They were done because of the evening, because of the light, because of where we were stood. That for me. Yeah, and if you use a certain lens, you're going to get a certain look. I mean, it's synonymous you know, with you, a... though. Now it's synonymous with you because you're. You, this was what I, I was on about when we was on Bessie Boot. The Lake District's very small. Yeah. It feels grand and huge when you're young and it feels like this god i could get lost in there and then yeah. on, on saturday i went oh my god it's it's actually quite small well when i used to ride my motorbike if i used to ride around the entire lake district on a yeah. saturday or a sunday you know i'd wake up yeah. in south lakes and i'd basically drive the entire like <laughs> I'd do a lap of the Lake District on yeah. the motorbike. I'd go over the passes and not yeah. every, I'd visit nearly everybody of water, you know, yeah. within reason. And, you know, you'd go right up to Lampew up in the northeast corner and then you'd come right the way down to Sea Scale and over yeah. Hard wow. and yeah, all around that, you know, and you'd do a few, but then you would realise, bloody hell, I've just done it all in one day. And, <laughs> yeah. and But then you go to the Highlands of Scotland yeah, and it's that it's just unbelievable. It's another level. It's like a wilderness of what never ends, you know. And you just think, yeah. we've been, you know, like I when I go to the Isle of Skye, I stay, or I I have stayed in Dumbarton, which is just above or just below um, uh, Loch Lomond. And when you wake up early the next day to drive from Loch Lomond effectively to the Isle of Skye, you still got an eight-hour drive or a seven-hour. You know, it's still ridiculous. Because we used to go on our motorbikes, you see, and you can, you, we used to camp at Loch Lomond, yeah, and then go to Sky the next day, because um, it's hard work riding a motorbike, you know. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah, it, you know, you've got to be careful and stuff, and you can't obviously share the driving with somebody else if you're riding it on your own. So it's, um, yeah, it is a small place, and you know, you you get a group of people with the, you know motivated people who want to photograph it and there's going to be some crossover you know and there's yeah. going to be people who stand in a close vicinity to where you stood or you're going to like it's interesting you know because i've made three vlogs over the last couple of weeks from the same location 
And I've never, ever in my entire life seen anybody photograph that location before. Wow. And well, it's a really, it's a really iconic place to photograph. Yeah. But I found this little sweet spot within it. What is, I've never seen that composition or that angle shot before. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, there's two thoughts really. One is, I mean, I would like to think I've got a good handle and grasp on what's going on in the Lake District in landscape photography, just because I'm interested in it. And it's not for any other reason than I want to, I love the place and I want to see it. You know, it's, yeah. there's no agenda of me, right, well, I'm going to copy that. It's just, you want to see stuff. So when I found this, this location to take photographs, I'm thinking it can't not have been shot before because it's, it's too central. It's too pop. It's too popular an area. Yeah to be overlooked by somebody else. I can't be the first person in history to see this. And I've made three vlogs, like I say, from <laughs> initially finding it. Yeah. I, I went and failed to try and photograph it. And I've chose to show that in the spirit of openness and transparency, because I want yeah. people to appreciate that not every time we pick up a camera does the heavens open and it's an amazing, epic shoot. Yeah. I, I want yeah. people to see the ups and downs and the failures and the successes because you know, I am an honest, open, transparent person, and I want that to come across in my channel. I, you know, it's not, yeah, there's no agenda of saying exactly. Yeah, I, I want people to say that guy's a genuine fella who's passionate about the subject and he's he's honest and he's trying his best. It's not, you know, there's no there's no wife behind the scenes who's got an amazing paid job to fund my efforts. You know, everything I'm doing, I have to put food on the table for my family. You know. I'm, yeah. the only owner in my family so it's there's a lot of responsibility but the point is is i've gone and made that now i'm thinking i am thinking am i stupid to share mm. that location yeah. before i've bossed it yeah, yeah what i mean by that is like i've been there three times now and and yeah and i slept there overnight for my first ever wild camp in the lake right that's how much i want to make this image yeah. So I slept it, and I'm going to go again actually this week, um, um, and I want to get it while the sun's in a certain place, which only happens at a certain time of the year. Yes. And I'm thinking, if I if I give that away, there is the potential for a load of people. Next time I go there, there might be five people stood there, and then you, Colin Bell had this with his um, Crumacuara trees image because. I know Colin went there about for about, I think he went there for maybe a year, like, or nine months or something. He, he would go from Skelleth all the way to Crumacuara, and it's an hour and 20-minute drive, you know, an hour and a half drive. And he'd drive past all the beautiful, misty lot, you know, like Rydal and Grasmere and stuff to get there. And he went for this one particular image, and he invested like a year of his life in getting it. And then he finally got the image where he said, right, you know, I've done it now, I don't probably need to go there again because i've realized my vision and then within a month of him doing it some guy from like out the area had been there on a weekend just on the off chance and gone and snapped that image and then he got and then i think it ended up in landscape photographer of the year or something like that you oh, know and, god and you just think wow all that time and effort and energy and vision yeah and as soon as you put it out there yeah yeah it's free for anybody to take isn't it, it and, and the chances it. are if like you, you gave an example of Tom Heights before, yeah. And like that night, you and Mikey was up Tom Heights was an absolutely glorious 
evening, but there was a big, if I remember rightly, there was a, a massive bank. bank of low cloud. Yes. What stopped the sun being visible, didn't it? Yes. But the, the sky above that went. Now, I've been there three or four times, I think, this spring and summer. And the reason I've been three or four times is because it's 11 minutes from my front door is Tom Heights. Wow. Or Townhouse. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, yeah. I'm I'm going to go there and I'm going to imp- try and improve on, on, on the vision I've got and what I want to do. Yes. But I could have had 10 trips where it's rubbish weather. And then you and Mikey could have rolled up one day and got the amazing, yeah. perfect sunset. And then you'll say, well, we never need to come here again because we've absolutely nailed this place now and that's it. And it is just a numbers game. It's a look. It's looking you know, numbers, yeah. Do you know what's interesting about that is, though, um, I had the day off work to go up yeah. there and the whole beginning of the vlog is no mm. light, rain, and just completely just shocking and I spent most of it sat under that hawthorn tree that's beautiful with these rocks split from the hawthorn and I sat under that and looking out over the Langdales and I just oh it was just wonderful and and most people would be like why why are you even sat there it's raining there's no light (laughs) and we went so we went back at the night and it and it changed Mm. to that which was still not ideal or perfect, but I'm there and it's a chance. It's a moment yeah. that I can't let go yeah. by. I can't walk away from, even, even if that night there was nothing, I would have still stayed till blue hour yeah. because it, it's, yeah. it's about the effort getting there and making the most from it for myself. Um, but what yeah. are you talking about this, about this video? I've thought this about images a lot how can you share an image and share your love? It's a decision. It's a hard decision. You share your love and share your picture because you want people to get something from it, to either be inspired, fall in love with the image, the happy, the glee. It brings yeah. some excitement to someone else. And then also the fact that you're proud of, of it and you're sharing it. Yeah, yeah. You feel yeah. it needs to be let to the world or because you think someone somewhere might enjoy that like I do. Yeah. Um, right. And when we was on Bessie Boot, which is crazy name, and it's Mike who, mm. who knew that area because he'd, going up to, he'd gone up to Gladamara from there. And right. uh, I stood there at one point and thought, no one else has ever shot this, a fleet, yeah. with, fleet with Pike. But I thought, no, right. some, someone must have shot this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone must yeah. have took this image. But, yeah. but then, yeah. oh, I love those unique places and and that exact thought came through my mind is so I'm going to do a video now and put it out there and will will I will anyone listen does anyone do I actually influence anyone and I thought well say if one person does and they go up I thought that's great that's lovely yeah but then what if what if a thousand people go up in the next three years and and it's like yeah. Same, that one particular so I've took an image and I think it's possibly one of my best mountain images I've ever took I, I've oh, just got good. this nice gut, gut feeling again that it's a damn fine image with leading lines and light and darkness and heavy clouds yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. and that that feeling of of like do I do I keep this do I not show this do I not put it on social yeah yeah uh, I don't know because it I, but you know you know it's interesting listening to you from, you know, gaining other people's 
perspectives on on the subject really and the psychology involved because it, I think it's like what I touched on with you last time and that is you've got to ask yourself why you do it and, yeah. and what is it you're set to gain and, and what does it really matter what anybody else thinks because thinks, yeah. let's just break it down a little bit right you, you've had a day out with your friends you've lived the dream that day you've gone to the place you love with people you love yeah. you've done the thing you love in the place you love with people you love and you've come away saying I've done I've created something great I'm buzzing yeah 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 so why let why social media and the thought of social media spoiling that for you to yeah. a degree and it's making it's influencing your thoughts on it you know mm. and there's it's an interesting subject because I've been doing it for so long you know you do go through a process of analyzing why you do something now you've mm. bought recently bought my book there capture lakeland and that i published that book in 2017 and then in 2019 i published my second book capture lakeland volume two and i set myself the t right so the just for the listeners who maybe don't know so the first book was created over 15 years um and it shows a progression i guess of my my I and my style maybe and how yes. I approach my photography and then it was funny because when I finished that book I kind of thought well it's not really an up-to-date snapshot of who I believe I am as a landscape photographer now um, and you know I was getting and the book was so well received you know it was very successful in terms of sales and it continue, it still is now you know I, I still I still sell a lot of copies of it you know and I came runner-up in late district book of the year and it was book of the month for a lot of magazines and country file and one thing or another and I got into Waterstones and all the independent bookshops and I kind of thought to myself you know is that what I want to be known as is because a lot of the images in there were what I might call postcard scenes you know like you know yeah. when we all start out we, we might go to a rock what's slightly submerged on the side of Derwent Water and we'll photograph it or some wooden jetty or you know just you know the cliched kind of yes. landscapes really and I think I think there are right images to take when you skim across the surface of a location. Like, for example, if me and you were going to Cornwall tomorrow for the first time, we might buy a guidebook on Cornwall and we'll say, right, we need to go to this, 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 this. you know, and there'll be 10 places what you say, I've got to get a photograph of that. And then yeah. once you've done it, you can come away thinking, I photographed Cornwall. But you <laughs> haven't though, have you? Because no. you've just skimmed across the surface. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do was to dig a bit deeper in under the surface, and that excites me a lot. But also, yes. I wanted to see what I could do in a year. So Capture Lake and Volume 2 is one cycle of the season. So it's effectively 120 images made in one year, you know, for, through my efforts, if you will. Yeah. And again, I wanted to be really on it. And it's the, the photography is a lot more, in my eyes, it's a lot more considered. It's a lot more intelligent. And I say that in the introduction to the book. And it's whilst I was making that book, right? And this is the point I want to make is that I didn't publish a new image for two years. So I didn't yeah. put anything new out on social media. I didn't mm -hmm. put anything new out on Facebook or my newsletters or anything like that. I didn't add any new prints to my website. So I've got, you know, I make my living through sales from my website largely. And I, I didn't put a new thing on there for the best part of two years. 
because when I launched the book, I wanted it to be new. So it was a bit of a fanfare, you know, and, and it was, there was some excitement, you know, like if you were a painter, you'd have a show, you don't drip feed things out on social media and then say, well, all these things I've been showing you for the last two years, I want you to come yeah. to a room and see them. Yeah. You say, well, I've, you haven't heard from me for a while because I've been doing this and I'm going to reveal it all to you if you come to my event. And I thought, I want to do something like that. And it was quite surprising, really, because I had um, I sold quite a lot of copies of the book, uh, pre-orders and things, because I, I, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of people who do support me and and all that. And it came to mixed reviews, you know, because a lot of people were saying, oh, my God, it's so different to book one. Yeah, what they was expecting. Whereas, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas book one is probably not too dissimilar to a lot of people's journey in photography where, you know, everything's a bit too contrasty and maybe oversaturated. And there's one thing, you know, and there was a reason why I made that book and yeah, I but, am proud of it. And it is yes. where I was at that moment in time, you know, and yeah. I respect the journey, if you will. But when book two came out and it was a lot different, a lot more subtle and they're all, all the images are made with the X1D apart from one, which is made with my Leica. And they're a lot more realistic looking natural looking images and i developed and my vision had developed and a lot yeah. of people messaged me and said oh my god um i'm a bit underwhelmed with book two and i thought <laughs> so like th this th this isn't like hundreds of people this was might be five or six people you yeah. know people who i've known for years who have bought a lot of my work you know and they've they've come back and and i said all right that's interesting feedback you know what's what makes you come to that conclusion? And it was literally the the curse of social media. It's that contrasty, bright, saturated, you know, like the impactful images. Yeah. And do you know what? I kept a list of all those people who did that, and all of them apart from one came back to me without me saying anything about two months later and said, actually, I want to tell you that I think book two's ten That's times better than book one. Yeah, because it's and and one guy said it's a lot more intelligent, and he used the word intelligent. Yeah, and I said to him, "So what do you mean?" He said, "Well, that's good." He said, "I yes. can study all the images you've made in that book." Yeah, and and they look to be very considered, very well thought out. He said, "You you can see your development as a professional yeah. photographer throughout those two books." And I said, "That is exactly what I wanted to do with book two. Yeah. Um. And it's funny, like you say about the the hesitation of sharing your work on on social media, and it's yeah, it's very. I still feel that, and and I have, I, you know, from my perspective, I am actually on the verge of thinking: should I actually just quit social media? Do I really need it? Um, I know it's a business tool for for, for people, but I've been monitoring my revenue from social media, and it's basically non-existent in comparison to the money I make from other sources. So you kind of look at it and think it takes so much time and energy and thought, and I don't get anything back from it other no. than maybe a bit of kudos in the fact that people look at you and think, so the old James Bell's busy at the moment, or he's been up here, or, you know, I, I'm trying to get out of the habit of, you know, when you go somewhere, and it might be an amazing sunrise or sunset or something. And then you see that person micro vlogging it on yeah, Instagram stories or something. I don't yeah. want to do that. I, I want to be there. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be saying to you, look how good my life is and you're sat in an office somewhere or you're still in bed and I'm doing this. Because to me, that's that's the worst part of social media because everybody wants to show their air game, don't they? And, you know, you might be having a bad day. Like tomorrow, I'm going to have a really difficult day with my mate. Yeah, you know, it's. I want to see him, and I, I've been waiting to see him for ages. You know, and I, I've spoke to him loads, and he's he's going downhill, and it's sad. And I could come out of there being really upset, and then, you know, there'll be an inversion somewhere tomorrow where somebody will be above it, going, "Oh, look at this," and it'll be an amazing image. And I don't want to have to feel like I've missed out because I've prioritised, like my youngest son started secondary school the other day. And, yes. Yeah. You know. I, I made a point of take going with him to the school and, you know, making sure that I'm living my life as a family man, you know, and it's, and then, but there was an inversion, you know, and you think, well, I've missed that. But the fact is my son will remember me going to school with him forever, yeah. won't he? And yeah. there'll be another inversion. There'll next be another week, inversion. So it's, it's not, yeah. 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 And, but you know, you can feel it biting at you, can't you? you it, when you're someone who, who's giving so much in photography, you can feel a niddling. This is why you mentioned competition before. I'm not a fan of competition. I did competition all my life. I used to be a marathon runner. I know, believe it or not. All right. um, I did. Right. Used to run, I used to run 50, 60 miles a week. Not fell runner, right. just flat marathon runner. Yeah, yeah. And competition was, was always there growing up. And as I've got older, I hate competition. I've become less competitive. And in photography, right. it's the last thing I want to see. It's the last thing I want to yeah. do. And I do not want to yeah. compete with anyone over my photography. And I found that yeah. Twitter has the utmost full-on competitive nature amongst photographers mm. on there to the point where it's like, ah, oh, I'm done. I'm not doing this yeah. to compete with you. I'm not even looking at you, but you obviously yeah. think I am. You think I'm looking well, you, at you. Right. You know that's I mean? really interesting that you've observed that and you're intelligent yeah. enough to, to recognize that. But then you imagine that that's now your job. I know. And you a business. To, yeah. And and that that's it's sometimes it can be not be healthy. You know, you see how many times do you do you see somebody on social media basically saying, I'm, I'm questioning why I'm here and I'm struggling <laughs> with my health yeah. and this, and, yeah, yeah. and it's a game, you know, and it's, it, it's, yeah. I, I've naively assumed that every other photographer out there is genuine wanting, well, if you want to use that word, fair enough. But I, I thought, you know, everybody wants, we are a collective moving forward and all we're doing is documenting our time. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what we're doing. And we're trying to do it in a polite, respectful, pleasant, stress-free, anxiety-free. Yeah. It's supposed to be an enjoyable process of being out in nature and making these things. Exactly. And then, and then, like, I got a message on Instagram off a guy, and I won't tell you who it was, but he basically said to me, I'm chasing you down in the Google listings. I want your, I want your, I want to be above you in the Google listings. And he just randomly sent me, sent me that. In, I think I commented on one of his stories and he sent me that. And I said, and I thought, what an odd thing to say to somebody. Um, and then I dug a bit deeper into it and he basically told me quite a lot of things about his strategy and what he was trying to do. And it was all kind of illegitimate. You know, it wasn't 
<laughs> it wasn't like a genuinely approved way of doing this thing, you know. And I just thought, wow, is that is that really what it is? And I, th- I think yeah. there's, I think what there is is there's a, there's a layer of desperation amongst a lot of people who they need validation from other people, and they they're almost. I, I don't know if it's because they're not successful in other areas of the life. And it's like, well, this is going to top this. If I can get a bit of income from selling pictures, it's going to make things a bit better. And I get that because everybody probably thinks like that. Um, you know, nobody can have enough money. Maybe, maybe there's a bit of that going on. And I just mm. thought, do you know what? You, you can't really take back something like that. And because he, he, in the same vein, before he said that, he actually asked me where this bluebell wood was, what I'd photographed. And it was a private woodland where I got permission to go in. And I said to him, look, with all respect, the guy only let me in there if I didn't bring a busload of people next time I come, is what he said. There was his yeah. pretty much his exact words. Yeah. And I respect the old guy because it was private property. And it, it, I got chatting with him. We connected. Yes. And he said, have a wander up there if you want. Take some pictures. But just keep it to yourself and don't bring a load of people next time. Yeah. Because it is private property. And I... He had like a badger hide up there and he goes up there and oh, like feeds badgers. Yeah. He has owls up there. He has, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an yeah. oasis. Yeah. You know, there's deer walking about free as anything. Yeah. I remember the video. You did, did a video there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm. And I, and I was in two minds whether I should even do a video really. Because it was unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Well, I tried to make it, it like that. Yeah. But, and, but then it, I think my point is it, it does make yeah. you question that side of it, doesn't it? The it whole does. social media, the sharing aspect and yeah. what's, I mean, so I think what I'm trying to say in a long winded way is that my book too, when I didn't release a new image for two years, it actually felt quite good, you know, Yeah. to be out Special. of the loop of, well, it felt, yeah, it felt, it felt good to not like how many people do you see who they go out for a shoot, the live vlogging it or micro vlogging it or sharing it on stories and Twitter or right now from Derwentwater or Snowden or wherever it might be. And it's almost like that. And then they rush home, they process the image and then it's out there, you know, like, look what I, and I'm trying to understand the psychology of why we do that. I mean, yeah. I, mean I don't want to say it's right and I don't want to say it's wrong, but for me, I don't go there. There's something and I don't quite... do do this for other people to think. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't need people to tell me I'm good at. It. I just like doing it. It's not yeah, about yeah, yeah. verified by somebody else. Yeah. There's an there's an angst and anxiety there, and I felt it when I don't want to do that. So, for instance, I've been out on a shoot, and I know me. So I've got a video I'm working on now. I've got yeah. a po- I've got a podcast actually with Stuart Graham that I think's two months old now when we recorded it, uh, and your your podcast might not go out for another two months because right. no, no one rushes me, and and yeah, no social yeah. media thing when I've gone out mm. and done a shoot. So my next shoot is Luffrig, and a great experience down on the River Brathy, which I'll never forget yeah. on my own. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, ma- a magic moment, and I hope it comes across in the video. Uh, some, some, some lovely images. I'd like to think, and yeah. that was when I first got my van, which is now a month and a half ago, and it was my right. first camp out in the van on my own, if you like. 
Yeah, good. Oh, it was just wonderful. And I've not rushed. I've not, right, I'm not going to show any images from that. I'm not, and, and I've got six other videos. Like yourself, yeah. you've got this progression. Mm. And I don't feel any pressure to get them out mm. at all because... Well, it, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, you see, I've spent quite a bit. I haven't seen Thomas Eaton for a while, but I've, we spent quite a lot of time together when I was helping him with his the publication of his book. Um, and he came up to my place quite a few times and we went out and did things. And this was just before the pandemic hit the first time, I think. Aye. And one of the things he said... Um, has stuck with me actually and it's made me realize like we've all got pressures you know don't get me wrong but he said to me i'm going to come up to the latest street because i've got to make a video for for next week or or for this week it was and he was under he he was it was like there was a, a layer of stress yeah of saying i need to do this because i need to make a video to hit that time slot on yeah whatever night of the week it is he puts videos out and i i put a photograph on my instagram story of the list of i think i had i was going to do a weekly vlog from spring going forward and i had until the end of october stacked up because i must i think i went out i'd been i'd been out for 80 nights on the on the shop bloody hell and i'd and, and I'd got into the process of vlogging nearly every one of them. And I worked out that if I put a vlog out from like something like from May, it would be, it would go till Christmas. Yeah. And, and I put this thing up on my Instagram story and Nigel Danson sent me a message saying, my God, it's Tuesday night and I've not even done Sunday's video yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you've got like seven months worth of content. Yeah. going out and i'm and and these youtube guys if you will you know like the 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 popular guys on youtube you can't underestimate that is a bit that is their business yes it that is. is them clocking in yeah yeah and, yeah exactly you know me and me mikey and, said about this it, it's about when you so when you've got off that vlog and you took that last shot do you go oh put it in your camera bag now and you go off and play pool and that's it yeah we're we're I'm lucky, I think, at the moment because I'm doing it because I love it and I'm doing it with no time constraints. And you mm. mentioned Thomas Eaton and complete and utter respect to him because when he got to the end at, at Kettlewell and that last shoot I watched and he took them images where there was like a slight inversion, the cloud over Derwent. And then yeah. he just, and then it was, that was it, the end. And I thought, he's just clocked off. I'd never yeah. seen it before. I'd never seen it before, but on this particular moment, I saw the end of, right, I'm done. I'm going home. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's done. very disciplined, I would say. Very like disciplined, he's, yes. He, yeah, he, he's got a very clear distinction, I think, between yeah. video, you know, work mode and, and, his, and his own time. I, I mean... I know certain things, but there's a probably a, most a lot I, I don't know, and there's a lot nobody will know. I mean, only he knows how he how he feels about the thing and how he does it. But you know, it, we all do it in a different way, and and that there's always this debate, isn't there, between are you a landscape photographer or are you a vlogger? Yeah, 
who just takes photographs. Yeah. You know, and, and that's quite interesting because I know the answer for myself, and that is I'm a landscape photographer. Yeah, I And agree. I have been yeah. for years, and it's yeah. only, it's only, I mean, I made my first vlog in 2013 with a little GoPro Hero 2 or something, or whatever it was back then. And I always fancied doing something like that, and it wasn't really for anybody else. It was for me yeah. to document. And for me, having, I've got two boys. Yeah. And I always try and get them to come with me on my shoots. Yeah. And if you've followed my work for, for a while, there's yeah, the when I used to go to, I went to, I used to take Lewis when he was like three and four. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. he'd be climbing a tree in the background while I'm <laughs> taking photos. And yeah. then I'd take photos with him in the landscape. And then he would, we went, we went to Coniston once and he was taking the photographs and he actually took a, well, Thomas actually took a photograph of a sunset over Coniston. And I said to him, I said, if you press the button on this picture, it's your picture. Like yeah. you own that picture because you've captured it. Yeah. And I said, do it. And every time I sell a picture, I'll give you 50% of it. And he's had hundreds of pounds out of me for that. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I've been trying to motivate both of my boys. Brilliant. To come out. And I've offered him a job on £10 an hour to yeah. film my vlogs. Right. And I'll said, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's and sacked. I've said, I've said, well, they've never come. They've, no. they've done. I, th I think that <laughs> last autumn I did, I did a vlog up um, Ren Crag just above. Um, uh, just above Thirlmere, and they both came with me then. Yeah, and and one of them stood over there with a GoPro. One of them stood over there with my little Sony camera, and they basically, and I had like a three camera setup for that that vlog, and it worked brilliant. You know, when you've got multicam, yeah, because you can cut to cut, different cameras cut. to get different angles, so it's not yeah. the same scene all the time. And I thought, oh, this is really oh. unique. You know, yeah. nobody's doing like multicam stuff. Yeah, and you know, like it seems like the obligatory dog comes with you and everybody falls in love with the dog. Well, I was, you know, I'm thinking, what about bringing your own kids with you? You know? Yeah. And, and then after they, they did, we, we went up Shepherd's Crag then and we did a vlog up there and Thomas was holding the GoPro and you could tell when he was getting bored because he would be like filming me like this. And then he'd just be like, you know, drifting <laughs> off. and like, I'm saying, I'm not even in the picture. And then he said, well, I'm not coming with you anymore. You can yeah. bugger off. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And the, and like he's he's 16 now, and I, he's a lot of his friends are getting jobs washing up and paper rounds or waiting on in restaurants and bars and stuff. And I'm saying, I'll yeah. pay you 10 pound an hour to point a camera at your dad, but you're gonna have to walk somewhere with. And it because it, it's unsociable hours. None of them want to do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah. no, I'm not doing it. Um, so I'm a bit <laughs> disappointed about that. But I think that whole fun element of being doing stuff with your family and doing stuff with your kids but also i'm very passionate about like you you're a passionate guy from what i can tell and not my kids might not necessarily see me with that passion and enthusiasm in general day-to-day -day life sat at the dinner yeah. table or whatever it is yeah and i kind of think you know if only you could see what i do and why i do it yeah because i want my boys to have like you know, you're a dad, aren't you? I think you've got yeah, girls. two girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and anyone out there who's a dad wants the best for their children, don't they? And yeah, you know, you start off in life thinking, oh, you know, I want them to 
get a good job and a good education and have enough money to look after themselves and one thing or another. And then over time, I've kind of realized that that's all, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is, is that they're fulfilled and they're happy and they're waking up in the morning and saying, happy, yeah. I'm going to do the thing I love yes. and I'm fulfilled and, and you know, I'm yeah. proud to be going to work with these people. And I know there's an attitude element, but it's, you know, a lot of people would say, oh yeah, I'd love my son or daughter to be a solicitor or a doctor. But what happens if they did that, but they were deeply, deeply unhappy. unhappy. Yes. Because I met a guy like that. Me and Colin Bell met him at uh, Kelly All Time. And um, private education all his life. Oxford University. Um, master's degree. Got a job. Hated every minute of it. Yeah. And he, and he said, I want to be a graphic designer. Yeah. But my dad won't approve of it because he spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on the education. And before you know and, it, you're 55 and... And you're miserable as hell because you're unhappy. And... And, and that's that's was the, always the driver for me wanting to do a vlog. It wasn't necessarily to be put on a pedestal with anybody other than for my kids to say, "Yeah, do you know what? Look at the passion my dad's for that yeah. subject." Yeah, and yeah. it's infused. Yeah, I want it to wear off off on them, and yeah. then to find that passion as well. Couldn't agree more. I think that is one yeah. of the most important messages I've given my kids um, all the yeah. time. All the time. We had a big chat the other day and I was talking about how, you know, you can have fun now and you can play now and you can be silly now. I said, but imagine if you just put a little bit of time into something you love every single day. And then in a year yeah, from yeah. now, that adds up. I said, in two years from now, that multiplies. And in five years from now, you might be like at high school and thinking all oh, that time I put into doing that. Wow, it's actually something. Well, we had that. We had this conversation last time we spoke, didn't we? We did. Do you know about, what? About the Muhammad Ali comment. Yeah, 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 we did, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, see, at the start of <laughs> just quickly, at the start of lockdown, yeah, yeah, yeah. my youngest son has guitar lessons at school. Yeah. And I said to him, if you spent one hour every other day playing your guitar, yeah. by the end of lockdown, you'll be very, um, you'll, you'll look back on it and say, Wow. What did I do during lockdown? Well, I, I learned to play the guitar fluently or something like that. And one of my mates, his son, he's amazing on the guitar. He's like, he could, you know, he'll probably end up being like some famous guitarist or something. And he's a singer. He sings as well. And you, his wife puts videos on Facebook where I get to see, I'm not on Facebook, but I see it through Amanda's thing. Yeah. And you look at it and you think, my God, like, how proud of, of that yeah. would his parents be? But also, and I keep saying this to my kids, I say, when you're all 18 and you sat around a campfire with a lot of girls, oh yeah, and he whips out his guitar and starts <laughs> doing that, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can you, you know? <laughs> you, and I said, all that time and effort, because my I don't know how old your kids are, mine are 16, 11, and they're into video games and they have been for years. And my brother's kids were into it. And then all of a sudden, it get, they turn it off when they get a bit older because they realise it's just a waste of time. Waste of time, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. no end result from it. All right, you might get a bit more dexterous with your thumbs or something. But yeah. Whereas if you spend your time playing a guitar or a, a musical instrument of any type or learning when, different language or something. It's when they see that progression and then they see it yeah. and they go, ah, and you, you see that light. And, oh, yeah. 
that progression yeah. and they look and go, wow, my drawings are so... So I, I've been getting them these books. They're like just plain paper, blank paper books. Yeah. I get three or four of them every year and I go, right, fill them. And they're almost yeah. through the last ones now and they're about that thick. And when you look yeah. at the first ones they did, they're just bizarre, like, wow. And then you look at the ones yeah. they're doing now and they're doing caricatures and characters. Yeah. And so there's, yeah. there's there's about 15 books they've got, what they've done since they were like three and four, maybe five, five to, my oldest is nine now and the other girl's seven. Yeah. So these books are yeah. kind of becoming a regular thing. Aren't they? I hope they carry that on until they're like yeah, I do as well. 18 and 18 and, and always have yeah. a book and keep doing these drawings and writing and ideas. And me, me oldest is wrote five or six songs, you know, and, yeah. and, and she keeps going back and redoing them and changing the words, you know. But you see that, yeah, you see, the, you know, it's really interesting because obviously you're a creative person and that's obviously, you know, they've got some creativity within them to be able to stick with that. But yeah. You know, that's how you probably learned graphic design to a degree and you expressed an interest in it. Whereas, you know, when you were a kid, you might have had a book full of logos or brands yeah. or, you know, and and like I, I wanted to be an architect when I was young and I went on work experience with South Lake District Council to be an architect with them and private practices and things. And from being like 12 to being 18, I was going to be an architect. And then when I found out you had to go to university for seven years, yeah. I kind of that put me off a bit, you know, because my mum and dad had no money to put me through college or anything, you know. It was like yeah. literally can't afford to do it. Yeah. And then my uh, design teacher said, "Oh, he said you'd be better off as a product designer because you know that's um, wow. you'll probably do really well at that." And and I always had books of ideas, like inventions, and you know I'd take things apart and work out how they how they'd work, you know, and like how how do these things go together and how does that work and how does this mechanism work yeah and and that you know that curiosity i guess yeah served me very well to have a very successful career in product design you know before photography but likewise photography i'm self-taught you know and yeah yeah i used to go out and and take images and then i'd look at them and think that's not as exciting as i would have hoped why how why? could that yeah. be better and then I'd go out and take it again, and then I'd and I'd learn incrementally through trial and error. Yes. And and then I I seem to find like a groove where people would then say, "Oh, I can tell you took that picture." Yeah. And I'm saying, yeah. "What do you mean?" And say, "That looks like one of your images." And I'm saying, "How do you know that?" Yeah. Yeah. That's and more evident. People would spot it before me. That's more evident in your second book, which I'm I'm just waiting till I've got my pennies. <laughs> but I've seen quite a bit of your photography, obviously, over the years. But I'd say your past mm. Mm, two or three years, there's this, and no one else does it. There's a clean, there's a natural, and also still quite, I think it's the compositions. You're an absolute just pff, hats off to you, compositionally mm. um, a bit special and really good to what witness you work in a scene. But then the images you produce, that if if anyone was to look and say, yeah, that that's James's image because they mm. they just are the very much a, a well, style. Well, that's very good of you to say that. Thank uh, you. It's lovely. It's lovely to see because it's not easily done, and you yeah. make it look you, easily done, and it's not. You, well, thank you for. I mean, 
I'm just having fun, you know. I'm, I'm not, it doesn't feel like I'm, and I never seem to, like when I was a design engineer, you'd be trying to solve a problem and sometimes you'd be going to bed at night thinking, how the hell am I going to do that? You know, like I've got to move blood from here to there. I've got to heat it up and I've got to add another reagent to it. And then I've got to spin it out and I've got to do, you know, basically extracting DNA from blood and think, you know, designing machines to do that and things. And that's a proper brain twister, you know. And the way I went to relax was to take photographs. Yeah. And when I was taking photographs, I'm not thinking about anything. Now, I'm not I'm not worried about how I'm going to keep somebody's blood warm or how I'm going to get urine to go down a capillary action, down a thing to tell if somebody's pregnant or not. Like I designed, you know, pregnancy testers and things like that and blood coagulation monitors and things. And they were problems you know they were challenges yeah. with yeah. lots of whereas when i'm stood looking at a rock and a tree and a mountain or a stream or it was almost like it, it just happened you know and it, it, there was no real scratching of my head to think how am i going to get this to work it was almost like yeah. a na very natural and you know without sounding arrogant in any way because i don't want, wish to come across that way i was always or i've always been What's the best way of saying it without sounding like an idiot? It, it's kind of jumped out to me, really, rather than me having to go and dig for it, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Like, uh, Amanda will often say to me, when we go somewhere and I'll take some, we'll stand next to each other and I'll take a picture and she'll take a picture and then she'll look at mine and say, why is mine crap when I stood next to you? Why does yours look like that? And, and, and we basically just pulled our phones out of our shorts pockets. Yeah pressed the button and walked away at the same time. You didn't stand there for 20 minutes looking at it. We snapped it and yours looks like a real photograph and mine looks like a mess. And and I don't know the answer to that question. And no, I'm no. not, you know, I make a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. You know, not every picture I take is brilliant. And I get that. And I'm quite, I think it's important for people to know that, you know, because it, there's no magic sauce to it, really. But that, that, so, ladies and gentlemen, we, this is our second time together, right? And I've got, I always show everyone this, a list of questions there, which I sent to James, and we've not answered one. We've not. Yeah, well, I've got some bullet points, so if you want, I can just list off a list. And Do you know what? I, I much prefer this when it's like this rather than the questions, and I always research and I always get questions and the first time we talked, I, I had the questions then, different to mm. these as well. So I've changed right. these. They're just very simple. But every single one I've done from the very beginning with Adam Gibbs to us now, I've yeah. ended up throwing the questions away. And, right. I, you know, when you're talking about, and this, I'm not blowing me on trumpet, but I think I'm tapping into something here doing this, and I hope people enjoy what we're doing and you've enjoyed listening to me and James tonight, but I do feel that like in photography, I'm tapping into something here. That's quite special because as a, an individual yourself. Well, you're forming relationships and rapports with people. That's, that's yeah. what you're doing. You know, yes. it's yeah. photography these days online is fast food, isn't it? Yeah. It Everybody's is. scrolling yeah. a hundred miles yeah. an hour and then stopping for a second, double tapping. Yeah. And then scrolling on. And, and then they'll say, nice image, mate, or yeah. whatever, whatever. And, and there's no value to any of it. And that's, to me, why YouTube is the most powerful platform there is, because you get one thing, what you don't get in all the other platforms, and that's context. Yeah. 
yeah you and get motion to see and, yeah context of it you get to see like i've made a video above bleed town the other week and it was horrible the conditions were horrible the weather was horrible and and this video hasn't even come out yet you know it's in the it's going to come out the end of september and we're now sort of beginning of september aren't we so it's a few weeks away yet and the heavens open and this shaft of light comes through and that is what i want to get across with my videos and that is you know you've got to keep trying and you've got to keep going and it's it's all about persistence i mean it we all take different things from from landscape photography don't we and i do you know what i think mally i think you sorry no you're all right what i think is if you were into crocheting <laughs> you'd form a community in crocheting yeah i think you're right if you were right. into if you were into yeah. croquet you'd form a croquet group if you were into drinking 17 pints of guinness and eating pies and peas you'd form a group doing that because that's the sort of guy you are and this is what i said at the very beginning you know all these kind of observers they need to respect the guys who actually produce stuff for them to consume you, you know what i find uh, i just want to i was going to say it a few minutes ago and then we, we kind of left it behind but yeah. i get a lot of comments from other professional photographers privately about and i'm not going to name any names but a lot of well-known landscape photographers and people who are respected and have tens of thousands of followers they all they message me privately on instagram and stuff and they say your work is unbelievable i love your videos i love your attitude i love your style i love the images you create as some of the best landscape images i've ever seen and and i always say you're saying that privately but why what's the problem saying it publicly uh -huh. <laughs> you know is and and i don't know the answer to that question because there's i can think of at least three people who i really admire as fellow photographers and i don't think they've got a digital footprint of ever looking like in public that they support me but privately they do and you think hang on a minute what's all that about because you know I don't, I don't i don't know the answer to it what's wrong with yeah you said something to me publicly about that and it shocked me because you said something about that's very you know speaking but you said to me that i spoke publicly about how i really really loved a particular piece of work you did or a video and that you found that was not strange but unusual and that shocked well, me when you did it yeah that when, shocked when, me yeah. because i thought yeah. If I like something, I'll say I like it and don't have a yeah. problem with honestly saying it. I do have a yeah. problem with seeing something that's shit and saying that's shit because I think yeah. one is hurtful and pointless and the other yeah. is positive and uplifting. And I think yeah. life's hard enough. We don't need to make it harder. We need to lift each other up. I find, I think that's, and that's my point of this community phrase you know it's yeah. like we can all do us each other a favor here but for whatever reason i mean i had this conversation with a, a, a mate of mine tim dove and he came to the conclusion that it's jealousy why people don't do it because they feel threatened by 
what it could you're be doing. Up, it could be upbringing, though. It could be the way they've been brought up that they can't no, but they show do it for that. other people. Ah, right. No, 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 no. And ah. it's almost like the same. Mm. I've noticed it because other people have said said it to me. Yeah. Like it wasn't necessarily a problem to me or even something I kind of cottoned onto, if you will. Yeah. But a few people have said it over the years. And then a few people have, you know, when they, they send in private messages, which I love engaging with people, you know, we can have yeah. some right good chats with people, you know, and, and whatever. But once the seed's planted and then it gets a bit of water put on it, you can see, you see it, don't you? And you start yeah, yeah, you do. It. Yes. You know? Why is, why and, is this happening? Yeah. And, and I don't know the answer. And it, it doesn't necessarily bother me, to be honest no. with you. I'm, I'm happy walking my own path and doing my own thing and, I have got some answers for your questions here if you if you want to quickly go on. Go on. Well, I was going to say, give our listeners some insight into James Bell, where we can scrap that. <laughs> Who do you well, look at well, behind? I've, go on, go on, go on. Sorry. Just before you move on from that, yeah, I've just made. I mean, I could talk to you for nine hours on that. I reckon and then you could. I'd have to yeah. probably pass out. But <laughs> I've made a, I made some bullet points right. So go on, go on. Fire away. Yeah. I grew up in the Lake District and I started taking photographs when I was 17 when I passed my driving test because that was 1995. Wow. There was no public transport. So I just we just went off to Blee Town and places like that and started photographing. Yeah. I then left the Lake District when I was 21, when I graduated from university. Right. And I missed it badly. Yeah. And, and that is really the catalyst of, like I used to come home and spend my weekends fell walking and I'd drive my motorbike around the lakes, park up somewhere and, you know, go for a walk and I'd photograph it. And then I'd basically spend my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night processing those images and pretending I was in the lake district when I wasn't, you know, I was somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so I did that f- yeah. for a long time. And then I started selling my prints in galleries in 2009. Uh, and that was good. And very, su- I was successful doing that. And it, it you know, Mark, Amazing to me, people, you know, bought my work. I mean, the first time in 2009, I, I, I took a, a large canvas print because they were very fashionable back then. Yeah. I took it into this gallery at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. He rang me up at 12 o'clock and said, can you bring another one? We sold that. Ah, oh, wow. And then I brought another one and then he sold that the same day. And then I brought two and he sold them. And then before I know it, you know, it was good. And yeah. then in 2012, I started selling in John Lewis across the UK. Um, and I'm still selling there now, nine years later, and and that you know that's a nice thing to be able to say. Yes. Um, I published my first book, self-published book, in 2017, and my second in 2019. And then a couple of years ago, I was commissioned to make what we believe is the largest landscape photography print in the UK, which I haven't told anyone about this yet. Um, 16 meters long by three meters tall, printed on glass. It costs more than my house to print it. Um, and I made that, and it's it's on the side of this multi-million pound spa on the shores of Windermere. It's massive. So, um, you know what's interesting about that? That if you let's just for a minute imagine that me and you own a house and we've just spent a couple of million pounds building 
as far and we want to put this big image down the side of it. You don't just ring up some random guy and say, all right, mate, can you make me a picture? What's going to cost me several hundred thousand pounds to print on glass? Because it's printed on glass. It's printed on like 13 wow. or 14 sheets of uh, glass, what, glass, three meters tall. Bloody yeah. hell. You know, and it, it's cost a fortune to install it, let alone to make it. Yeah, yeah. So, Wait and I that. think uh, this was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an articulated lorry to deliver it, you Massive. know. And, um, and, and I didn't really appreciate this at the time, but I appreciated it when I spoke to the guy after he'd done it and paid for it and everything. And I thought, that's massive that, you know, it's like, you know, like I sell frame prints every day of the week, yeah. you know, on the 200 quid, 100 quid or whatever, 300, 400 quid, you know, that's a lot of money. But when you're trusting someone to spend that much money on what is essentially a picture, what will be there forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you wanted to remove it, it's going to cost you a hundred grand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just from a logistical point of view. And then you've got to replace it with something else. So it's probably going to cost you a quarter of a million quid to change it. They've got to have a bit of confidence and belief in you as a person to do that, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of and course. I met that guy once. And we connected. Yeah. And he basically fully bought into one. This is a guy who's got multiple houses. He owns a massive part of Cornwall. A big, like, tourist attraction in Cornwall. And he's got a lot of Peter Lick's work, so you know, form your opinion on whatever, whichever way you want on that. But you know, th this is a this is a person who money's not an issue. You know, it's not it's not a driver for for making a decision. Yeah. If he likes something, he gets it. It's not about well, so, you know, Joe Smith selling it for twenty quid less or. I can get something a bit different or a bit cheaper. This is a guy who, who knows what he wants and he'll get it. And it's, it's. I think I, I, I think I went into it a bit blasé, thinking, oh, you know, it's just a job. But when you start, when you see it in situ, and you stand next to it, I'm, I'm in discussions with Hasselblad about doing a big kind of case study on it because we believe it's the largest landscape photography print in a certainly in like private collection you know because of the size of it yeah um and i haven't told anyone about this like publicly i've never Do I put this in really <laughs> yeah no put it in put it yeah put it in but is that, know, is, is that you're saying like, that there's something about I should have live blogged all that uh, <laughs> just seeing that being produced and then actually standing in front of that and and the moment of realization of course it's your image that must be very special for you to actually be a part of something like that. Not, not, not because of money, not because of any other reason, but the fact that you you went out, produced a piece of art, and to then be mm. produced on in that scale is dream stuff. That's dream well, stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that I think the important part of it is how do you as an artist or a photographer, whatever you want to call yourself, how does somebody believe in you sufficiently enough yeah. To, yeah. to pay you to do it, which wasn't insignificant, but then spend all that money making it and knowing that he's going to spend the rest of his life looking at it every day. Mm -hmm. And that is 
quite a profound thing when you think about yeah. it. It's not a book what he's bought and once he's bought it, he puts it on the it shelf puts, and it's gone. Yeah. It's it's you know, a big it's, it's a big so, mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh it is. And and you know do you know so so I met with him after it was all done and the spa's finished. There's a cinema in there and everything. It's unbelievable. And he's basically said, Oh, come round, we'll have a barbecue, bring all your family and friends and stuff. Oh. And you know, he's got eleven acres on the side of Windermere Lake here. You know, this isn't like somebody's back garden. Well, his back garden's like <laughs> you know, it's just unbelievable. Um and it, he's a brilliant guy, you know, and he's um he basically said so I went around to his house after it was all finished. Um and I said to him, I want to take some photos and videos and one thing or another, and I want to get Astle Blad involved in, you know, one thing or another. And he said, well, when I've landscaped all the 11 acres, we'll do it then because it'll look unbelievable because he's having, he's built his own lake in his, in his garden. You know, it's, he wants a wildlife oasis, basically. He's planted over 500 new trees. Wow. You know, and it's just an oasis. It's going to be like nothing else, you know, you've ever seen really. He's had all like bespoke sculptures made and all that sort of stuff as well. It's really unbelievable. Um, anyway, so I went to see him and he showed me it and he said, he basically said, since, you know, we met and you basically showed me your work and, and he said, I made a decision that I've connected with you. And he said, I want a piece of the spirit, what you've got within you on my wall. And he said, it's not just, a picture to me it's something you and i have created together and it reminds me of the connection we formed and that to me is very very valuable the fact that i can look at that picture and say my mate made that yeah you know this is this is quite profound for me really and then the other thing he said to me which is even more special i mean this is a guy who's basically built a massive medical business and sold it for hundreds of millions of pounds, you know, and he's, he, he's not a silly man, you know, he's a highly intelligent man who knows what he wants and, and, and how to get it, I guess. And he basically said, you know, I've spent my entire life working in business and growing businesses and one thing or another. And he said, there was a morning when I came in here for my swim and I looked at your picture and I had a flashback to when I was a very small child, when I used to go out with my uncle and he said, I used to I used to go out with my uncle in the countryside for walks on a morning when it was misty and the sun was coming up and whatever else. And I've lost them memories. And your pictures brought all those memories back. And if I'm being honest, they're the happiest memories of my entire life. And I now have them because of you. Bloody hell. And people think yeah. you make an image. And if you don't get more than six likes on social media, you're, you're not, you know, like I've never won an award as a photographer, right? But every month when I take a salary out of being a landscape photographer, I win an award, you know? Yeah. Every time I sell a picture, a book, or I get, I'm the number one rated photographer in the UK on Trustpilot, the number one gallery, and the number one book publisher, believe it or not. I've got 600 five-star reviews from people. And if you read their reviews... <laughs> I don't just sell pieces of paper, you know, you sell it's a different thing. And, yeah. and this guy is at the very top extremity of what that is. And it's, you know, there's a connection there. What's deeper than it's not a commodity item, you know, and, it, it, and it's for some reason, people seem to connect with, with me and my work on that level. Yeah. And it, 
and and I'm very lucky really. But then I go and make the images with that in mind, and that leads us on to, you know, like your next questions, which I think are, I think they're really good questions what you've come up with there because there's a very blinkered view about what landscape photography is, I believe, by people who. You know, you get into YouTube and you get into social media and you form an opinion based on what a certain small group of people are trying to ram down your throat. Yeah. And it ain't real. You know, um, like you, you've asked me a question of, um, well, I may be jumping ahead here, but well, you've said, who right, do you so. look? You've said, who? well, I'll go back a question. You've said, who do you look beyond your own work? Whose work do you admire? And where do you get your inspiration from? And that kind of, that was a difficult question for me to answer that. And, and I did actually come up with an answer, but I'm not, I thought I can't say that because people are going to think I'm an idiot. No, it doesn't matter what people think, but it's what you think. So if you don't want to say it. No, no. Well, I think I should say it. Yeah. And I, I, because who do you look beyond your own work? And whose work do I admire and where do I get inspiration from? Right. So there's three questions. Three, there. I know. Yeah, it was a... <laughs> where, where, where do I get inspiration from? Everywhere. Yeah. Inspiration comes from everywhere. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't come from other people. It comes from witnessing the landscape and being out there and feeling it. Yes. Like, I like to feel it. And I, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, which some people might think that sounds a bit odd, but but I do. It, it's always been a very personal pursuit no, for me. I don't think that's but, hard. But my answer, I want to say for my answer, who do I look beyond and who do I admire? And I want to say nobody. I want to say that I believe I'm the best landscape photographer there is. Just like Mike Tyson thought he was the best boxer in the world and just like Tyson Fury thinks he's the best and Deontay Wilder thinks he's the best and Anthony Joshua thinks he's the best. And if you don't think you're the best... yeah. And you don't want to be the best, then you're not going <laughs> to perform, you know. And yeah. like those, Mike Tyson does a podcast called Hot Boxing. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. somebody, somebody said to him, "What do you think about Tyson Fury saying he's the best boxer in the world?" And his answer was, "That's what Tyson Fury should think. Yeah, he needs to think like that if he's going to win and if yeah. he's going to succeed. Yeah. He, he needs." And I'm. I'm not being arrogant by saying that, but when I take my images, I feel such a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. And when I look back at my images, I can, I'm so happy with them. And I'm, I'm yeah. really proud of them, you know, and yeah. I don't necessarily look at other people's work and feel that same connection to, I mean, I can appreciate a nice image like anybody can. And there's a lot of really good special photographers out there. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of really talented photographers out there in all sorts of disciplines, not just landscape, you know, street photography, portraiture, everything. Yes. And I admire their work. But from a landscape point of view, nobody else's work gives me the joy. And that's, an, you know, joy doesn't really have an opposite as a word. I get a lot of joy from my own work. So yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say to you, I want to be like X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Because I'm fully fulfilled with what I'm doing myself. Yeah. I can, you know, I don't I, I completely don't, I, I completely am with you. But I'm yeah. the best landscape photographer. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but do you know but I do I do completely understand that yeah. and it's not arrogance and it's not no. uh, it's not a rudeness. 
there's nothing like it when when it comes together and you take your own picture that joy it's it yeah. it, 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 it it's not short lived it's yeah. a it's a long you, you ima- imagine you're interviewing paul mccartney yeah and you said to paul mccartney who who whose work do you admire that that's a different question because you can admire a lot of things a lot and, of people yes we can appreciate and admire people and things where do you get your inspiration from you know but it's almost like saying who do you want to be like and i don't want to be like anyone i want to be the first james bell you know yeah. and i am i'm i'm different you know and and i want to be and i've i haven't set out to be awkward but it's a my create it's my photography Sure time. It's my create, and yeah. it's your photography. Yeah, yeah. And what matters is when you close your eyes tonight or tomorrow night or whenever it is you've been out with your camera, you need to be satisfied with what you don't want to be out in the field going, what would Thomas Eaton do? What would oh. Nigel Danson do? What oh. would somebody else do? You need to, because that's not who you are. Yes. And this is why I have a bit of a funny relationship with all these tutorial videos because they're all you know, like that's their way of doing something. And so what I want to do with my channel is say, this is how I do it. Yeah. If you can pick something up from observing how I do it and you can be inspired by doing something, Results. that'll help you become your be- the best version of yourself. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a list of six tips, yeah, seven yeah. tips for this. But I mean, how many more of them videos can be made? <laughs> you know, it's a creative pursuit. It's not necessarily... Well, if you tick numbers. this box, that box, yeah, yeah. and that box, and tick, that box, you're going to yeah. get a, an award winning image. And who cares if you win an award? What matters is what you've just done on the weekend with all your mates who you love, yeah. going to the place you love, doing the thing you love, and coming home, punching the air, saying, that was bloody brilliant, that. Yeah. yeah. You're a winner. If you can yeah. do that, yeah. you're a winner. And that's you, your next question is, when did the romance end and the realisation of a business turning <laughs> professional to be successful commercially happen? Right. And my answer to that is very simple. The romance hasn't ended. Yeah. And I love, I love my photography as much today as I ever have. In fact, I probably love it more. More. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, and never has been about commercial success. It's about enjoyment. Um, if I, and I want to say, you know, if I never sell another book, another calendar, another print, I would still go out seeking out new photographs. And I'd still want the thrill of the chase and the the, the flirting with Mother Nature. And is that yeah. cloud going to bugger off? And is that sun ray going to come through? And is that rain shower going to pass? Yeah. You yeah. know, and 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 I can summarize it as simply as this, and that is I've never had a commercial plan. What happens is people keep putting fuel in my tank and I can keep driving. Yeah. That's the way, you know, every time I make a sale. It's just funding me to go to the next thing. You know, it's it and if they don't put more fuel in, I'll to still hear, be going. To hear that is so refreshing in a time when you see lots of people who do have an agenda, who do have a loss of romance, I feel. Uh, not yourself. Yeah. Well, you said it I was, before. I wasn't about... I wasn't lauding that. I wasn't lauding no, that no. to you. No. It was just I feel that there is a, in business, if it's business, mm. uh, the romance has gone. I see so well, many people producing YouTube yeah. videos where 
I think for the likes and the their hearts yeah. not that's not they're no, not doing right. so it's so brilliant and refreshing to hear you say what you've just said. Um, well, I think if you if you analyze the comments that I get on my YouTube videos, the overriding comments are I love your sincerity, I love your enthusiasm, I love yes. yeah. people have started well people have been calling me Bob Ross. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't That's know who wonderful. Bob Ross was. Oh, I didn't him. know who Bob Ross was. Yeah. And I said it to one of my kids and they burst out laughing and said, <laughs> He's that American painter guy. So I went yeah. and looked into him and I, the Afro. What, yeah, yeah, watched his watched his documentary the other day and I thought, That's funny, because like I seem to have a good ability to think out loud. So you know, if I'm doing something, I can my mouth can describe what I'm thinking without me having to put too much effort into yeah. Kind of do it. And, it, and I think that natural flow of it seems to come across really, you know. And I, I think there's two. Everybody's entitled to make whatever photography they want, whatever video they want, have whatever strategy they want, yes. and that's great. Yeah. And that's fine. Yes. And as so long as then people go to bed at night thinking, "I'm fulfilled," then yeah. they're winners. I don't yeah. care what and it, it is doing. Care what anyone else thinks exactly. No, yes. and I'm just doing it my way. And if if I don't. Like my phones, I've got loads of comments here to respond. My phone's just continually lighting up because I've put a video on and there's all these comments coming in and stuff. And I'm, you know, just flashing it there. They're all very positive and encouraging and one thing. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. If I get to a point in the future where I say I haven't got the mental capacity or the energy to make YouTube videos anymore, I'll still be going out with my camera. Yeah. And I don't need people's, in, I don't need people to rub my back and pat me yeah. on the head and say, you're doing a good job. Yeah. I do it. I did it for 10 years for free. That elation and that point of get of contact in the landscape, when you take in the images, there's nothing that, that, that comes close. No. Nothing. No. Well, your next question is what excites you? Yeah. All the success, but what's the drive burning desire in landscape? Well, we've just said it, haven't we? In a way, haven't we? You well, just, well, yeah, I mean, I wrote down the answer to that being, is yeah. being present and in the right place at the right time, witnessing a beautiful moment, being outside, feeling it, seeing it, capturing it, yeah. the anticipation of it and the realisation of it. Enjoyment is my driver, just enjoying the process for myself. And yeah. I mean, that's the short answer. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the longer answer was what naturally flowed out before then. Yeah. But it's true though, isn't it? You know, and, it's um i think if you don't have that love and that desire and that passion for a subject a you don't naturally do it very well and b you give up and like the number of people i've seen come and go in landscape photography over the last 25 years is unbelievable yeah. you know there's yeah. always a new kid on the block who's full of it who's always on social media or can run up and down a hill in 10 minutes <laughs> carrying a bigger bag than you you know and and it's like and then when he realizes how hard it is, yeah, and that actually you could go and work in a supermarket and probably 20, earn money 20, for the hours, yeah, 20 years on, yeah, and that's the thing, you know, it's almost like it's not a sprint, and it, but it's not a marathon either, it's just who I am and what I do, and how I'm gonna yeah. do it. And you know, I'll be the guy who's out when he's 75, 80, if I can still walk, you know, yeah. doing this because I just. There's, there's nothing like it. I mean, you've asked me about the mindful minute thing at the end of my videos. Yeah. Uh, I know I've jumped ahead a little bit there, but 
Oh, it's all right. Is... We'll probably have to wrap up in a bit because we've been we've done yeah, two no, hours again. Have we, bloody hell? But the mindful <laughs> minute thing is the mindful minute thing is is that love of the landscape. Yeah, being there. and it's like my official answer to that question. Go on. Is um, like I've noticed from my stats, a lot of people switch off and they don't watch that mindful minute. Oh, that's it, interesting. To drop off, and yeah, it is interesting because it's like, what's the point in doing it if nobody's bothered about watching it? Well, but a lot of people do really appreciate it. You yeah, know, I do. I I, like I, en- I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Well, what um, what I've what I wrote down to answer that is um. It, it's come from my desire to showcase scenes from the shoot that I witness, but are perhaps they don't fit into the narrative of the vlog itself. And I wanted to showcase the locations in a way that uh, I try to do it with my photography. And that is to say, offer the viewer a window into another world, another time, where if they allow yourself, you can get lost, reconnect with yourself, and for a brief moment, be present and mindful. Mm-hmm. I hoped people would watch and leave the vlog in a more positive and relaxed mindset inspired by the video and a little more present within themselves as it's those moments that inspiration and creativity really shine. And I, yes. I, you know, as a creative, I believe that. Yeah. I also hope that section appeals to non-photographers out there too. And it's just a thing what, again, differentiates me from the hard sell of a preset or a training course or some, you know, I'm not asking you to do anything. Yeah. I'm not asking you to give me anything. Just enjoy. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Allow yourself a couple of minutes to appreciate what's there. And you yeah. might never be able to go and see it. You know, like I have a lot of people message me who were who were who were disabled, you know, and yes. yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, and I've experienced a bit of that in my own life. And when it's taken away from you, you realize how important it is. Yeah, very much so. Um, to be the be present, I took some big deep breaths uh, on Saturday. On top mm. of that, fell more than I've ever done. And uh, no, I normally do sink into the landscape quite a bit. I don't film it, and I didn't really film this uh, because it's I find that's a little bit pretentious. So. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the camera on myself. So what you do is you take the camera away from you, and and it, yeah, it's not about me. Exactly, I'm just a vehicle exactly. to to narrate it. And I, that, it's and not that, about James. That, that end bit really says that to me. It really talks about yeah. Lakeland. That last bit is yeah. like so. The gentleman uh, Glenn Black Crag, he he always yeah, yeah. has a, a long intro, a long drone footage. And, and that's yeah. that's very kind of spatial and meditative and almost like yeah. taking Setting you stall out from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had a moment on Saturday where I just sat, I was on my knees, I was setting a time lapse and I just took maybe a hundred deep breaths, just watching mm. the clouds and the light and the sun came and, and yeah. I, oh, wow. It was, uh, it was a, a bit special because I always do that, but this felt different. There was purpose. Yeah. There was real meaning yeah. and connection. Well, and you I, were present and you were there. Yeah, I always, I always am. 
And people probably think, God, he's a headless chicken and he's dead excited. And yeah, no, no. Mm. but there's actually kind of a calmness there at the same time. I can't explain it. I am excited, I, I, but. I think if you boil it down, I mean, this is what I tried to get across last time we spoke is that if you boil it down to its simplest components, why do we take landscape photographs? Why? Yeah. We, you take landscape photographs because you're interested in the landscape at some level. You know, you're interested in reproducing that joy puzzle, capturing that yeah. moment. Reproducing. It's a really yeah. powerful question. That is, why do you do it? Yeah. You know, what in what makes you, mm. you know, like go out and 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 do those things? And because you know, let's be honest, landscape photography is a huge investment, isn't it? Yeah, you know, not I'm not time. talking monetary investment. No time. Okay. If, I, if it's been a fantastic talk, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me, and especially with a lot of things you've said, I hope people get a lot from it. I know I have, and it's great to hear insight into your photography, which is just you are the best landscape photographer in Lakeland. For well, now, <laughs> yeah, until your next guest comes on. <laughs> Thanks again so much, James, joining us on Let's Create, Let's Talk. Uh, just been wonderful. We, we must have been talking for about 10 hours doing this. So <laughs> I hope you all enjoy it and listen to it. And well, there's only one thing left to say, and that's see there. <laughs>